as we begin our meditation, it's really helpful to um, be setting an intention or a um, aspiration um, mainly in terms of setting a tone or a mood uh, for the uh, <coughs> for the mind for the heart for the practice and uh, but I think also keeping it fairly simple and straightforward just to setting a, a, a aspiration may I be truly happy may I be truly peaceful those are of course deep um, aspirations of the heart and uh, and it's helpful to clarify them uh, because sometimes we clutter the mind up with uh, a lot of doing um, and uh, a lot of uh, uh, kind of the uh, get enmeshed in the machinations of the mind and uh, uh, just to remember that the whole purpose of this practice the whole purpose of our uh, being here uh, is uh, this uh, uh, wish for uh, for happiness, for well-being, for peace, and uh, our uh, if that is our goal and our aspiration, then what we bring to it um, has to. Um, kind of mesh with that in the sense that um, if we're making ourselves miserable sitting in meditation, then uh, it's hard to fit that in with the, the, the goal of seeking happiness. So to um, it's you know, fairly, uh, fairly simple, but it's something that's easily overlooked and, and easily justified when we uh, get trapped uh, into particular moods and and uh, 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 the, the, the layers of complication that that our mind uh, uh, can throw up, <coughs> so that setting that uh, intention and stopping from time to time during the meditation to recollect that, to bring that to mind. As I've mentioned before, I tend to um, give uh, a lot of the instruction in meditation is usually around mindfulness of breathing. Uh, but um, if people have their their own practices that they're doing, um, that's fine. It's more the uh, trying to pay attention to the principles uh, underlying 
the instruction, um, the, um, the ways of trying to establish uh, a sense, because that, that, that's what the instructions and the, the, say the guidelines for any meditation uh, method uh, is to help us to develop uh, and implement the, the aspects of uh, mindfulness, alertness, clear comprehension, uh, reflection, investigation, uh, and uh, whichever vehicle feels comfortable for one, uh, then to uh, be able to pursue that, but then also to um, uh, be recollecting what are the those underlying uh, principles. I think one of the things that that uh, uh, is also helpful to recollect is that we we practice meditation uh, and develop this practice uh, to uh, support and facilitate uh, a, a an opportunity for the mind to become uh, more agile, uh, bringing a kind of agility and flexibility into the mind. Uh, the uh, uh, the tendency of the mind is to uh, retreat into things that are sort of known or comfortable or uh, <clears throat> one feels a bit of security around and there tends to be um, uh, a, a, a lack of flexibility sometimes. And so keeping the mind alert and agile and particularly with the meditation object in the sense of you know, breathing in, paying attention, but not sort of locking in in a rigid way, but softening and feeling, um, I mean, it's interesting in the Buddha's instruction for um, um, mindfulness of breathing. The uh, the words that he, uh, the verbs that he uses, um, uh, most most of them have a um, are, are focused more on a experience. Uh, as opposed to seeing or watching, because we do uh, when we um, uh, in the language how we articulate and and think about things, you know, oftentimes they say, you know, to like to watch the breath, or to watch the mind, or to see the mind, and those are. Uh, you know they have a validity, but they also have certain connotations, and there's a there's a subtle way that we um, we set up a sense of uh, me, the watcher, 
and that which is being watched, me, the seer, that which is being seen. And, you know, it's just that we use the language, we think of it in that way, but there is a certain distancing that happens. Um, and when we um, reflect on, the, on the, the, the language that the Buddha uses, he uses the, the, uh, the more experience-based, in a sense of tr- training oneself, breathing in long. Say one trains oneself, breathing in long, one knows, one breathes in long, breathing out long, one knows, one breathes out long. And this is a training, the word uh, that the Buddha uses is sikati. And it's actually used all through the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, that mindfulness of breathing discourse. That verb sikati. Sikati means, sikati means to, uh, to train, to learn, um, to educate oneself even. So that, that training one, training oneself, being engaged in the process, breathing in long, one is engaged in the process of um, recognizing it, knowing it, and understanding it. Again, the verb that the Buddha uses, pajhanati, which is, is to, is to know, to understand, to discern. So it's like a, a, one is engaged in it so that one understands it clearly. Breathing in long, one understands, I breathe in long. Breathing out long, I understand, I'm breathing out long. And one trains oneself in this way. Breathing in short, one understands, breathing in short. Breathing out short, one understands, one's breathing out short. And that, that, I mean, these are very, this is the, 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 the first, and when the Buddha gives his instructions in mindfulness of breathing, uh, uh, the structure that he gives is, is in uh, 16 aspects of, of mindfulness of breathing. And <coughs> they correspond to, uh, uh, to the four foundations of mindfulness so that the first uh, four uh, are concerned with the body, next four concerned with feeling, next four concerned with the mind, uh, the last four concerned with dhammas or phenomena. And so that the, the Buddha is tying in this practice of mindfulness of breathing with the um, foundations of mindfulness. And uh, these are ways that we can establish our attention um, and also when we uh, reflecting on the uh, these uh, 16 aspects of mindfulness of breathing, uh, we can pick up any uh, at any point in that process and work with it, whatever uh, is interesting to one, which is has one's attention, 
Um, it isn't, uh, uh, it's not like a, a point A, point, point B, you got to get that first step before you can go on to the next step, and then you have to go through it step by step, uh, all the way through until you reach the end, uh, and then you get a certificate. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not, uh, it's not how it, how it works. It's sort of, these are, um, uh, Entry points, and of course, uh, the, uh, when we we have these different entry points, but then we also uh, we have the opportunity of accessing uh, the whole range of um, our experience, what we experience uh, in terms of the body, how we experience things in terms of feeling, how we. In- experience things in terms of the mind, how we experience things in terms of, of dhamma or of, of phenomena. And uh, all of those are ba- bases of insight uh, and one can, can uh, work with it in many, many, many different ways. And again, I think that that sense of uh, using uh, this is a template uh, that we have, or a tool that we have, and we can use it in many different ways, depending on how uh, what makes sense to us, what uh, works, uh, what we feel comfortable, what we find helpful, and that and uh, that opportunity also to develop an agility and flexibility, picking up these different uh, aspects of the, the mindfulness of breathing and uh, experimenting with it, um, seeing what resonates, what um, uh, feels helpful. And the... Uh, The Buddha himself, uh, one time he was on retreat, and he, three months, he uh, uh, didn't go alms round, uh, didn't have the meal with with the uh, with the community, and uh, Ananda, his attendant, would uh, bring his uh, food to him. And after being on, on retreat for uh, a period of time. Um, the Buddha um, was talking with Ananda and and said, you know, what, you know, how would you answer if 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 uh, people asked you, what you know, what is the Buddha doing on retreat? What's his, what's he practicing? What's his, what's his meditation? And uh, and. And of course, the Buddha says, "And how would you answer that?" And Ananda says, "Well, you know, I leave it to you to, to tell me." As the Buddha said, "Just tell them that the Buddha, is, the Tathagata, is practicing mindfulness of breathing." <laughs> that uh, so that that, uh, that sense of mindfulness of breathing is something the Buddha himself uh, 
took the time, uh, even after his enlightenment, to um, maintain, to uh, to continue to develop, uh, and to delight in. And <clears throat> the, using the the body as a as a foundation, that sense of again paying attention to uh, ex- experiencing, uh, as opposed to just a, a passive watching. One's engaging in the process of mindfulness and breathing. Uh, it isn't just a watching and waiting for something to happen. You're engaging in in the in that process of awareness, of alertness, and, and breathing in long breathing, out long breathing, in short breathing, out short. And then the Buddha experiencing the whole body one breathes in experiencing the whole body one breathes out and that uh, uh, the word that uh, that the Buddha uses uh, is uh, of course it's been debated over over uh, 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 millennia um, but it's reasonably clear, I think, in the original Pali, that it's just it's really about the body as opposed to the body of the breath. Uh, and because then it gets too precise, too uh, uh, too pared down. Um, I think the Buddha is is, is giving the encouragement to inhabit the body uh, while one is uh, training and practicing. Experiencing uh, is, the, is the verb that the Buddha uses. Uh, uh, Ajahn Jaff translates it as sensitive to. Sensitive to the whole body, one breathes in. Sensitive to the whole body, one breathes out. There, the root of the the, the verb that the Buddha uses uh, is uh, is the same uh, root as as uh, vedana, feeling. Uh, so that that it's uh, so that sense of feeling, experiencing, being sensitive to uh, to the whole body, and <coughs> of course one can be. Exploring that uh, in in so many different ways, um, paying attention to the the sensation, to the rhythm, to the feeling of the body, uh, the uh, the ease or the discomfort of the body, um, the um, uh, whether the the body feels. Uh, constricted or expansive, whether it's light or heavy, but being sensitive to, experiencing, exploring, uh, grounding one's experience uh, in the in the body. Um, there's a um, a very practical um, 
reason for that in the sense of, of that, that, of course, the body is our, our the, the most, um, say, the heaviest, uh, the uh, uh, m- most tangible um, basis of our experience. So that as we uh, begin to practice, um, being able to clarify uh, our mindfulness, our alertness, uh, using that which is tangible, solid, um, and that, um, and using the, that, the the body in order to facilitate those those aspects of how do we keep the mind alert? How do we experience the body? So experiencing the body, the whole body, I breathe in. Experiencing the whole body, I breathe out. How do I uh, be present with that? How do I help that? How do I have the agility and flexibility to not um, just get lost in um, either a painful feeling or a pleasant feeling or to drift with the uh, of the way the mind tends to float off, um, and to to really make the uh, kind of the body one's home. Uh, I think that bumper sticker I saw in Berkeley several years ago. Uh, if I lived in my body, I'd be home by now. <laughs> which is which is really apt breathing in breathing out um, living in this body um, the next step of the uh, uh, and the last the one concerning the body uh, is the uh, calming uh, or settling uh, the bodily formations. Uh, I breathe in, calming, settling the bodily formations. I breathe out. And the bodily formation in this sense is the, the breath itself. Um, I mean, it can, one can certainly apply that to the, the whole, um, uh, the whole body and pay attention to the, calming, settling of the physical body. Uh, but this is a starting to, uh, a process of starting to re- refine uh, the attention and tuning in to the, the breath uh, as it, uh, like within the bodily experience. Uh, that calming, the, the, the word in, in the Pali language is Kaya Sankara. And <clears throat> uh, translated bodily formation, body conditioner is another uh, translation um, Ajahn Buddhadasa uses. And I think that's really helpful because when we, we can, when we tune into the, to the breath and we are consciously calming and settling the breath, the rest of the body can be at ease. Uh, the rest of the body can uh, almost 
like melt around the the experience of the breath. So the breath, experience of the breath starts to stand out, uh, and uh, and then the the body, as one has relaxed and settled it, um, relaxes and oh, yeah, melts around the around the, the, the sensation of the breath. Very comfortable. Uh, so paying attention to how to, uh, to, to try to uh, bring about that ease. And it's, it ties into that very first aspiration that one sets. So may I be truly happy. May I be truly peaceful. These are um, tangible ways of being able to fulfill that aspiration. The Buddha then goes on to the uh, the next uh, and a section, and uh, which is the the say there's say there's a tetrad sections of four, and the next section is on feeling, and the the first one is experiencing joy, I breathe in, experiencing joy, I breathe out. And the Buddha is actually giving us permission to be, to meditate and, and experience a sense of well-being, ease, joy, rapture, um, however one wants to translate it. This is, these are um, aspects of feeling um, which we uh, can be learning to access uh, and to yeah, to give our, ourselves uh, uh, yeah, permission to experience a quality of, of joy in the simplicity of training uh, the human heart. Because uh, usually we you know, there's there's so many um, perceptions and memories and associations, um, and the, the, you know, the no pain, no gain motto, the uh, kind of the the diligent Protestant work ethic to sort of strive away and but be miserable while you're doing it and. Uh, um, but you know, it isn't the Buddha's approach. Uh, and then experiencing well-being, experiencing joy, um, experiencing a um, sense of of uh, and the word in in Pali is bhiti. There's an exhilaration uh, of mind, exhilaration of heart. Uh, breathing in and breathing out. And, you know, when we drop a lot of the agendas of 
of doing and striving and getting and gaining um, and the, uh, the, the tyranny of our, our self-perceptions, it, it, uh, uh, just opening up opportunities for experiencing this quality of joy and uh, facilitating that, experiencing it. Experiencing happy, happiness, I breathe in. Experiencing happiness, I breathe out. And this is the next uh, aspect that the Buddha points to. And there's a... <coughs> in the language the Buddha used, there's, there's slight differences in the, um, uh, say, the word... Beti for joy, sukha for happiness. Uh, the beti uh, is a is like an exhilaration of mind. Um, that's what the beti is. Oftentimes, when one experiences this, yes, you know, kind of an exhilaration, uh, tears of joy um, can happen. Uh, and sukha is. A bit more settled, a bit more um, bodily oriented, because there's the same kind of happiness and lightness of of, of heart, uh, but it's also a bit more uh, grounded in the bodily experience. It's sort of pervading the the body. So it's experiencing happiness, I breathe in. Experiencing happiness, I breathe out. The third aspect is is uh, uh, experiencing the mental formations. I breathe in, experiencing mental formations. I breathe out. Mental formations in this in the Pali jitta sankara and and or the the mind conditioners is another way of looking at it, and they. What the Buddha is pointing to here is what conditions the mind, uh, conditions the movement of mind, is feeling and perception. So that there's the, and these are um, automatic. There, every mental state has feeling and perception, and it's not a volitional. Uh, activity, it's not, you're not formulating it, you're not uh, creating it. These are underlying aspects of experience. Every mental state will have a feeling tone to it, whether it's pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, and there'll be a, 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 a perception um, that quality of memory, association, um, kind of allocating a, a kind of a value to it in some way. Um, that's the function of perception. But that, uh, it's, it's happening automatically. So that experiencing that, because those, that's where the, the thoughts rise out of. That's where the movement of mind rises out of 
that experience of feeling and perception. Uh, so that to experience that, uh, recognize it. Because uh, when we, uh, something that is not seen and understood uh, will uh, exert a, a power over us that we're not really, we don't understand. We don't, um, how, you know, how did I get here? What happened? And, and uh, but when we see that more clearly, experiencing these mind conditioners, uh, then uh, we get a much better handle on what the content of our mind, what's spinning out, what's what's arising. And then the last part of that is the um, calming or settling the jitta sankara, the mind conditioners, the mental formations, um, so that by that process of making, experiencing it, uh, recognizing it, and then breathing in, calming the mind conditioners. I breathe in, calming the mind conditioners. I breathe out. One's bringing in that the the conscious rhythm, conscious attention to the rhythm of the of the breath, but holding the uh, those those conditioning factors of the mind uh, as a um, as a base of that experience and being sensitive to it and again that's that's as interrupted sensitive to the mental conditioners mental formations um, and that, that as one is sensitive to that one as one's experiencing it uh, calming it uh, bringing a sense of calm and it isn't that isn't forcing or pushing or making it be calm doing the calming it's sort of the the actual paying attention to that rhythm of the breath making and then just setting that that intention of of calm of settling so that within that sphere of Attention and awareness, one is allowing everything to settle. You know, one's work, grounding one's experience in the body, bringing it in uh, to the experience of, on the feeling tone, on that kind of, uh, the, the feeling uh, of, uh, uh, and f- kind of the really basic, ways that the mind experiences things. Is it pleasant? Is it unpleasant? Is it neutral? What's the association around it? What do we, what are the, and calming that. And then the, what will happen is the, of course the, when those conditioners are being settled or being calmed, then the mind itself starts to calm, to settle, 
It's a natural, uh, natural result. And the Buddha, say, moves on to the next tetrad, uh, and the first one being experiencing the mind. Jitta pati sangweti, so that that jitta as the, the the word that's used for the mind, and which is in the say in the Buddha's uh, uh, conception of it, the mind is both the say the thinking mind and the emotional mind. Those are not uh, mind heart are uh, are. Um, Inter, interposable. Um, they're not distinct. They're not distinct functions. So then, ex- experiencing the mind. What is the, what's going on in the mind? What is, what is it, what it, what is the experience of the mind? Is it clear? Is it not clear? Is it, um, being swayed by, by, um, movement is it very still? Uh, the recognizing what that e- experience of mind is, um, and the next uh, is the um, gladdening the mind. I breathe in, gladdening the mind. I breathe out. Um, Pamodayam, which is is a uh, a quality the uh, quality of pamodja is a quality of delight, uh, delight delighting the mind. I breathe in, delighting the mind. I breathe out, um, taking the time to infuse the mind with these and uh, the mind, the heart, uh, with this this quality of of gladness. Of of, uh, of well-being, um, our uh, development of the practice uh, is one. Uh, there is a goal of of happiness and well-being, but it is also what we rely on uh, as a basis for our continued uh, development and maturation. Um, <clears throat> so that making that conscious, and I think as as we see the Buddha's instructions, I think it's it, it's important for us to recognize, uh, yeah, that we have we have permission to feel good about our practice, and that's that's. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, that, I mean, that's actually an insight that the Buddha himself had. It's a very human quality. The Buddha r- relates when he was still a, 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 a unenlightened bodhisattva striving for uh, realization. And uh, um, he's meditating and practicing. Of course, he's putting tre- tremendous amount of effort into uh, the... Uh, uh, different ascetic practices, and and, uh, <coughs> and at one point he's he's experiencing um, 
you know, kind of a happiness and, and bliss um, in his meditation and practice. <coughs> and, and of course, and he has the thought, why am I afraid of this happiness? Maybe this happiness is the path or is a part of the path. And then, and then he has this realization, it, it is. <laughs> and, and then that's, that's where it's, it's, this is completely wholesome. You know, why am I afraid of something that is completely wholesome? It's completely innocent. Uh, and so then it realized, oh yes, you know, these aspects of, uh, when there is a happiness that arises, that it, it isn't, uh, it's not greed, it's not um, uh, just seeking gratification, it's not, um, there's nothing, uh, there's no downside to it. Um, so then, oh, this is, this needs to be cultivated. This, and this, that was the point where the Buddha uh, relinquished his his uh, um, uh, um, uh, ascetic practices, and he said, in order to uh, experience and sustain this this well-being, my body actually needs to be in better shape than this scrawny, <laughs> withered-up thing that, that that his body had become. Um, so that that that. Uh, uh, recognition of that, uh, those, uh, these aspects of well-being, of gladdening, of delighting, that, uh, you know, and, and we, because we do, we tend to, uh, uh, if we feel too good about practice, we start to feel guilty. Maybe, I've, maybe I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> and it's, it's not the case. Uh, and that's why it's important to really have that clarity, experiencing, okay, experiencing the, the 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 body, experiencing feeling, experiencing the mind. So you start to recognize, well, what is wholesome and what is unwholesome? What is wholesome is to be cultivated, is to be supported, is to be nurtured, is to be nourished. And if it is unwholesome, okay, we need to work at relinquishing and letting go. But um, the, these aspects of, you know, of gladdening and delighting are, are a part of the, the path, they're a part of the tools that we have. The next aspect is settling the mind. Uh, settling the mind... Uh, establishing the mind firmly. Um, I breathe in. Establishing the mind firmly. I breathe out. And this is, uh, as, as the mind is buoyed up and uh, uh, ex- expansive with well-being, then one needs to settle it. Because, um, yeah, the, the, when there is that uh, exhilaration, one can also, uh, yeah, one can get excited about it. And then the mind needs to be settled so that it be- can become 
increasingly clear. Uh, because the stillness of the mind is where we can see things in their true nature. That's when it isn't that we figure it all out on an intellectual level. It is uh, um, known and understood in, because it's right there in front of one and because of the stillness and clarity of the mind. So that settling and uh, 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 firmly establishing uh, the mind. And then uh, releasing the mind. I breathe in, releasing the mind, I breathe out. So that, that recognizing anything which is still an obstacle, which is still a... Um, uh, uh, a hindrance which is still uh, something that's creating a dissonance uh, within, the, within the heart, within the mind. And just releasing, gently releasing, gently letting go, uh, allowing the mind to continue to, to settle. And the last part that the Buddha points to is the aspects of, uh, of Dhamma, of, uh, of phenomena, and then paying attention to the first, uh, and, and the, the, ver, the ver, verbs that the Buddha uses is anupasi, um, uh, uh, which is to, like, to contemplate, to investigate, um, so that contemplating impermanence, I breathe in. Contemplating impermanence, I breathe out. So that 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 recognition of uh, impermanence, of change, of uncertainty, of what is inconstant, um, and one breathes in. Of course, the, the breathing itself is inconstant. It's changing. And that is pointing to the this fundament, fundamental nature of change, of impermanence. And so Debbie brought up yesterday, anicca vata sankhala, all conditioned things are impermanent. And and uh, and every aspect of the body, every aspect of the mind, everything internal, everything external, uh, is a sankhara. It's a conditioned phenomena, and it's impermanent. Um, and it's being able to uh, to bring that in uh, to train with that, to experience that. And that, that, that is where the, 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 the mind, the heart, is, is really willing to let go uh, when it sees that, that, uh, that, 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 that change, that uncertainty, uh, that impermanence. There's a very beautiful story of the um, <clears throat> it's in the Terigata, 
of uh, uh, the Bhikkhuni Patachara. And she describes her um, um, well, her enlightenment. Uh, and is is conditioned by she's coming back from being on her walking meditation path, and she's going into her the dwelling place, and in uh, um, India at that time, and in the forest monasteries in Thailand, uh, you usually have a a little bucket of water. Uh, at the steps of your your dwelling place, uh, and you that's where you wash your feet before going into into a dwelling place. And she takes a dipper of water and pours it over her feet to to uh, uh, to wash them. And uh, as she's washing her feet, uh, just uh, then there's the uh, the trickles of water going away from the uh, the pad that uh, that she's uh, been washing her feet on trickles of water going out and disappearing into the ground and just that was the was the seed for for it. oh this impermanence this uncertainty this change uh, and what was what was there is disappearing and she went into her dwelling place, uh, sat in meditation, and the uh, the words that she used is like, uh, in the same way, one plucks out the the uh, uh, like the wick of a of a uh, candle or a lamp to put it out, sort of plucking out the last bits of attachment to the heart, so the heart could be free. Very beautiful, and so that. But conditioned by that perception of anicca, of impermanence, it's a, a doorway into uh, into the the, the truths uh, that lead to liberation. The next aspect that the Buddha points to is virakanupasi, so the contemplating dispassion. Uh, contemplating another way of translating it is fading away and so the a fading away of that kind of passion excitement agitation surrounding the either the external world or the internal world of, of self but just uh, attending to contemplating uh, that fading away and because in, in that fading away that's where the peace is. That's where, where our, our, uh, yeah, sort of like as Ajahn Chah said, that's our real home. That's our, you know, we, we tend to, uh, you know, look for places to be, exist to, uh, become, uh, all over the place. And we forget our real home. Our real home is that, 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 that place of peace within the heart. So that fading away dispassion is a, a doorway into that. Um, Nirodhanupasi, contemplating cessation, contemplating ending. So that, that Nirodha um, is a, 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 a cooling, a settling, um, 
uh, uh, you know, paying attention to the endings of things and realizing that it's not intimidating, it's not fearful, it's okay for things to end, and you can be be there. Because any kind of ending usually is accompanied with our desperate clamoring to do something, be something else. So just paying attention to those those endings. And the last uh, quality that the Buddha points to uh, is a uh, uh, contemplating relinquishment. Uh, One breathes in, contemplating relinquishment, one breathes out. And the relinquishment in this sense is the a relinquishment of, of self, a relinquishment of that self-position, the, the I, me, mine, um, um, I mean, it's not just a kind of whisper in the back, backdrop of, <laughs> of consciousness, it's sort of, it's oftentimes screaming at us, I, me, mine, I, me, mine. So that, learning how to, to oh, okay, I can, I can relinquish that, I can let that go. Uh, and not only can I let it go, it actually feels good. It's, it feels good not to carry that around. Uh, so that, that, uh, that relinquish, you realize, oh, relinquishment, that's another way of actually being happy. Um, so these, these aspects of, of uh, mindfulness of breathing, they're, uh, as I was saying, you know, you know, the Buddha lines it up uh, from 1 to 16, body, feeling, mind, uh, phenomena. Uh, but uh, you know, in working with it, um, you know, one can uh, you know, experiment and developing that agility and flexibility in working with with the mind in this practice, grounding it in experience, and seeing seeing what works, and what'll work today or this week or this month will be different than what works you know, next month, next year, and and uh, as I've certainly found for myself, a mindfulness of breathing, uh, it, it still feels fresh to me after. Forty years of practice, and it's, it's, I just don't see it as as really being exhaustible. Okay, so we can sit quietly for a bit, and then uh, we'll go on to a walking period.